Welcome to Less Than or Equal, the podcast about pursuing equality in geekdom by celebrating the diverse and their accomplishments. I'm your host, Aline Sims, and today I am joined by repeat guest, Karanda Adair. Karanda, welcome. Thanks. How are you? I'm really good. Um, Spring has sprung here in Portland, and everybody's going, you know, nuts. All my Portland friends are like, it's warm. The people and the plants. Yeah. Yeah. So So I will I will put a link in the show notes to the previous episode we did. You're actually one of my first guests. So I want to thank you for that, because had it not been for you and others like you, the show wouldn't exist. So I appreciate it. I did this before it was cool. You did this way before it was cool when I had 23 (laughs) listeners or something. (laughs) Um. So, but would you tell people a little bit about yourself so that um, if they want to listen to this before going back to the old one, they they have a little bit of an idea? Sure. Uh, I'm Karanda Adair, and I'm a web developer and consultant living in Portland, Oregon. I came to the tech industry fairly late. Um, it was a career change from a lot of retail background and project management and and I had sort of a cliche light bulb moment uh, a few years ago that uh, I wanted to be a developer because developers could work where they wanted and were making more money than me and all sorts of things. So I went back to school. I think I was 36 when I did that um, and uh, eventually graduated from the Art Institute of Portland with a degree in web design and interactive media, which sounds very fancy. Um, I learned that I actually don't like to do design and I'm not that great at it. So I primarily focus on development and consulting and marketing. And um, so I've been doing my own business for the last three years. I'm going into my fourth year, starting to figure a few things out, I hope. Um, and I primarily work in WordPress. So and, and it, this is a conversation we had before, but I, I'll just bring it up again. So why WordPress? Why WordPress? So I started out, um, I got an internship with a, an agency here who mostly works in Drupal, which is another content management system. And I, I was learning Drupal at the time and I, I wanted to learn more about it. And I had a lot of great mentors, but, um, it's a really tough CMS in terms of, you know, if you want to hand something over to a client, you know, especially a small mom and pop shop shop client to, you know, theoretically manage themselves, I don't really think that's feasible with Drupal. It's really geared towards developers and sort of enterprise level projects. And, and, you know, it's great for that, but I wanted to work with smaller businesses. I was using WordPress. I had been to my first uh, WordCamp, which is our local WordPress conference. And I liked the community. I liked the tool. I'm a writer already. So, you know, I've gone from, you know, email chain letters to live journal to blogger to WordPress. Um, so I really like the tool. I think it's way more accessible in terms of handing it off to uh, quote unquote normal mm-hmm. <laughs> non-technical folks uh, to use and, and be empowered to be able to actually manage things on their own. And so when I'm working with clients, you know, if they want me to do everything, then great. I'm happy to do everything. But if they want to know, how do I manage this? I don't want to have to call you every day just to change a word on my site or add a page. Then I will show them how to do that happily. What amazes me about WordPress is how robust it can be. So my husband, um, his boss is uh, Sean McCabe, who has like this really big, complicated website 
that does everything from sell classes to products to like it has a, a, a forums for, you know, paid members and like all of this stuff, a chat system, like all all with a WordPress backend. And it just astounds me that it's so flexible, but it can also be really simple. Yeah. And, you know, it's really matured over the years. And uh, my friend, Aaron Hockley, who is a photographer, wrote a really awesome post called um, WordPress is a DSLR, Squarespace is a point and shoot. And I think that is such a great analogy because if you want to go to WordPress.com and create an account and pick a theme. In fact, I literally did this last weekend. Um, my cousin came over. She's an, a great artist, she does beautiful paintings. You know, she had been through this class that I'm working on, but really has never even looked at WordPress before and was super overwhelmed. So I said, come over. And we sat down and in four hours, we got, you know, the, the basics uh, and the pages and the theme laid out for her to have a website on WordPress.com. Um, with her own, you know, custom domain name. So if that's what you want to do, you can go and do that and you can do it in, you know, a day or two. Or if you want to build, you know, a, a super custom e-commerce website with membership and forums and, and what have you, you can do that too. So um, making WordPress simple, if you're going to do it with a self-hosted site can be a little overwhelming for people. There's still mm. a lot of moving parts, but for people you know, who are just starting, I think WordPress.com is probably the best bet because if you want to grow and move later, it's still WordPress. You can still export your content and, you know, put it on your own host later, but you don't have to be overwhelmed when you start. Yeah. And it can definitely be, especially if you have help. So every custom WordPress install I've had, uh, I actually had my husband set up because servers are not my thing. Um, so, you know, servers he, are evil. Servers are awful. And I have respect for all of you who deal with it because I just like I was a sysadmin for about two months because there was no one else who could update servers. And so I was like officially a sysadmin and I was like, this is the worst job ever. I do not know who does this. Um, <laughs> right. But I know some people who love it, which is right. great someone has to love it. And, Absolutely. you know, I can find my way around a server. But yeah, it's not it's not the funnest. And I, you know, the most read article still for a blog post about why I don't use GoDaddy and why you shouldn't either. And I literally have banned it from my life. So if you want to be my client then and you're on GoDaddy, then we're moving you somewhere else. Mm. And, I, and I just did that with someone who read the article, you know, wanted to come on board. He's like, okay, well, this is the first order of business. I'm like, great. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about GoDaddy? <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, people can, you know, if you Google my name and GoDaddy, you can, you can read all the, but, but, you know, technically, uh, I'll say from a developer standpoint, I literally had spent, you know, five hours doing things that take me 15 minutes on other hosts. And when that happened was kind of the day I drew the line in the sand and said, um, it's not worth really any amount of money because either I'm going to pay for that in lost time or the client's going to pay for that and then nobody's going to be happy. So, um, and then from a political standpoint, they're just, I think they're generally a terrible company run by terrible people, yeah. less terrible people, I think now, but still a little misguided. Hey, speaking of sysadmins, I have a friend who is a sysadmin at GoDaddy and she likes it a lot, but I'm like, I don't, 
think I could do that for a lot of reasons. Yeah. I mean, I think they're trying to repair their image. And I think, you know, I hear from some developers who use their sort of higher tiered product who are very happy. And I'm like, that's great. That's, you know, if you're happy, that's awesome. My feeling about that is, you know, GoDaddy's not like your alcoholic parent. So I'm not required to give them a second chance because there's a lot of other good hosts out there. There are so many and more all the time, too, which is. P.S. My parents are not alcoholics. It's just an analogy. You're going to get mail. I had no idea. No, I'm sorry, Dad. (laughs) So let's talk about. Uh, I I am a recent freelancer. I um I, I think I kind of have alluded to that alluded to that in past episodes. Um, but as we record, two days ago was my last day at my my uh, job job as um, ATP co-host Casey List says. Um, so so I'm I'm technically unemployed, but also a little bit freelancing for a little bit of money on the side and. Um, I know that you've worked really, really hard to build a business so that you, you wouldn't, you could be like professionally unemployed or, you know, your own boss (laughs) anyway, right? Exactly. Yes. Um, so do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, business is really funny. Um, I do not have a business background. Uh, I didn't go to business school. I had one freelance class when I was at the art Institute, um, and so I really just kind of launched one of the, one of the reasons that, uh, I felt like, oh, I can go and do this is because we did have in that class, um, speakers who would come who were former students and, uh, a few of them had just graduated and started freelancing, you know, in different genres, um, you know, clothing and design and, and different things. And they had no idea what they were doing and that, and they were clearly doing well by the time they came and spoke to us. And I was like, well, okay, if they can do that, then I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. So it, it's been a really awesome and terrible journey. <laughs> I think as anyone who starts a business will tell you, it's, it's not that I think people don't tell you how hard it is. I think people, I think you don't hear it. I think, you know, if you're doing it because, you know, you're sick of working for the man or whatever, you're just like, okay, I'm going to make this work and the grass is greener and whatever. And you don't find out how hard it is until later, which is, which is probably good. Um, (laughs) Or you would never would. So my philosophy and my attitudes have, have definitely evolved from when I started, you know, saying yes to everything. I just would go to the WordPress meetups and, you know, I found my very first client there and, you know, she's like, oh, I can give you 40 hours of work a week. And I'm like, well, that sounds like a job. which is what I'm trying to get away from. Suspiciously. Um, yeah. But, you know, I took it and I worked with her for several months knowing that she was a terrible client and that I would, you know, get rid of her as soon as I could afford to. But that's that's what you do, like in the beginning. And, you know, I wasn't charging enough and, you know, just all, all the things that you do as a, kind of a new new freelance developer, I, I did. Um, and then in, in, in year two, I started to, to follow some really smart people who were really in the business of teaching other people how to, how to do it. Um, one of those people was Troy Dean at WP Elevation, who I've learned a lot from. Um, another one community I'm involved in is you gurus, which, um, they do 10 K camp and they teach you how to sell, you know, bigger projects, which is nice. Mm. Um, so I've, I feel like 
the turning point for me was really finding some good communities and some mentors and some masterminds where you don't have to learn every single mistake yourself. You can um, learn from other people and, and try to avoid some of them. I still, I still ended up, you know, <laughs> I still ended up making my own mistakes, um, mm-hmm. but you can avoid some of them. And I actually gave a talk a couple of weeks ago about sort of like, 2015 and how it really didn't work out the, the way that I had hoped. Um, and now I'm sort of rebuilding. So, so I'm actually in the middle of, you know, restructuring my entire business kind of based on the mistakes that I made last year and the things that I learned from that. And, and also figuring out like, what am I really, really good at and what do I enjoy doing and what do I want to help people with? So, um, you know, some of that is about sort of teaching people and empowering people to be able to use WordPress. And some of it is about teaching people just about online marketing in general. Um, because a lot of people still think like, Oh, I'm going to just get a website and put it up and then I'm done. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's how I came up with the course that I'm doing now, which is uh, websites that work. And it's a six week course that teaches people, you know, a lot of the base principles about online marketing, as well as how do you actually get a site up on the web if you're not a programmer? Wow, that's a huge undertaking. Both <laughs> writing a class and um, and building a business <laughs> while you're writing a class. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, which is, uh, and I I created a, a fundraising campaign on Indiegogo because I realized if I'm gonna get the time to actually create this course the way that I want to, I'm going to need that funding to be able to, you know, take fewer clients, um, and carve out that time to really create it. But I have a really, I have a really clear model that I'm working from as far as what I want the course to look like. And so it's really just about, you know, getting the time to create it. And last fall I ran a beta I just, you know, put the word out and had a few people sign up and took a very small class through six weeks of where I just do live webinars and talk about the different, um, you know, the different facets of online marketing each week. And so that was much less um, technical walkthrough because we Mm -hmm. didn't have the time, but it gave me a chance to go through the process with some real people who have real, you know, businesses, either side businesses or full-time and hear what their questions are and get feedback. And so I'm going to use that to create the next version of the course, the version 1.0 really. And, um, the next version will be a recorded and be much shorter lessons. So everything will be, you know, ideally in five to 10 minute lessons. So you can take it in chunks and try to take it in and not, not be overwhelmed. You're you're hitting all the right notes. It's it's really interesting um, because um, my husband and his boss are currently writing a class and um, I'm thinking about writing a class. And so like all of the things that we've been talking about and, um, you know, that Justin and Sean have been doing and like the the things that I'm trying to kind of mentally plan for are exactly the things you're talking about, like get a basic thing in place and then give webinars and see how that goes and take that feedback and then, you know, grow that into what the class ends up being. So it's um, it's affirming to hear you say all of that. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I'm modeling a lot of what I'm doing off of, you know, a similar course that I've been a part of and really just trying to, as well as creating like the course itself, also trying to create a community because part of the problem when you're, you know, freelancing or a solopreneur have a really, really small business is feeling like you're alone and you're responsible for everything and you have to do everything yourself. And so for me, having, you know, a few different communities where if I get stuck on something, I can literally, I did this just yesterday. I said, you know, Hey, I've got a client who wants this, like, you know, is this the best tool or what are your other recommendations? And know that, you know, three to 10 people will chime in and go, Oh, you should do this or you should do this, or here's why I like this tool. So I want to do that for, you know, business owners who are really just trying to figure out online marketing and, and sort of know that, Oh yeah, I think I can use my website to grow my business, but I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> um, and so provide a framework to learn that. And also, you know, it's not just like me knowing everything, um, cause that's impossible. It's everybody coming in with their knowledge and background and hopefully sharing with each other. So that's, that's what I hope to create. Well, that's awesome. The power of community is, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's amazing what we can do when we get together <laughs> help each other. Yeah, exactly. Oh, for Pete's sake, let's help each yeah. other. <laughs> I know. It's weird. Before we get too far afield, though, I want to kind of swing back a little bit and talk about the Indiegogo so that um, one, it'll be in the show notes. Um, and this episode is going to go up on I should have looked at the date. Um, but there will still be some days on the Indiegogo campaign, um, when this episode goes up. So, um, I'd encourage listeners to go, you know, uh, donate a little bit of money if you can to help, um, make this course possible so that I can take it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so two things, um, about that, the Indiegogo will be up until April 20th. Okay. And, um, there are perks, so you can get perks, including a copy of the the blueprint. So, kind of the entire overview of this is this is what it takes to make a website um, and an online marketing platform that really works as kind of kind of like an employee for your business, right? That never sleeps. Like that's that's the beauty of the web. Um, there's a perk for a website audit. Um, so just having me like review your site and make suggestions on how you can improve it, and you can actually pre-register for the course at a discount. Um, is one of the perks. So, um, and there's a cool video where I just kind of explain, you know, what the overview of it is and, and what we go through in the whole six weeks. And, and also a little bit of a cautionary tale because one of, you know, one of my big motivations for starting this is that I've, I see these same issues come up over and over again where people don't know what they don't know. And so they go, use these tools that seem good. that seem easy, right? Like, Oh, I'm just going to use Wix. I'm just going to use GoDaddy page builder. I'm just going to use, you know, Weebly or what have you. And then it comes back to bite them. Mm-hmm. And I always say the cheapest website is the one that's done right the first time, <laughs> because I get a lot of people who come back to me and are like, Oh, you know, I did this thing and it didn't work out. And can you help me? And then sometimes I, I say yes and you know let's get started and let's get access to your server and then they don't even have that information like they mm. don't even own their own you know domain name or which is a lot like if you were going to buy a house or a building for your business and you let the real estate agent sign the papers right like that's exactly what that is like you have to own it if it's your business and so you know it started out as just me wanting to educate people 
you know, on these basic things so that they have a good foundation they can build from. Do you have another like two or three tips that you can can give to business owners that maybe they're not thinking about? Sure. Um, so if you're starting from like nothing, you have no website and you're going to get a website, um, I would say do as much research as possible and talk to, you know, developers and designers. Um, usually if you go to someone's, you know, if you go to a website uh, of someone who's a developer designer, they'll have a lot of times some kind of form for you to fill out, you know, to get a quote or whatever. So you can go through that process with a few people. Um, one thing is that before you start focusing on, you know, the tech or the design, really you need to figure out a lot of things about your business. So one of the first things we go through in the course is discovery, which is a process I go through with clients where it's like, before we talk about, you know, WordPress and widgets and whatever, you need to tell me what you're trying to do. So the more clear you are about what is your goal, if your goal is, okay, I want to have a thousand visitors a month and I want to get, you know, 10 new leads per day for my what, like be really clear and specific about those goals and also brainstorm like, okay, how is this online thing going to fit into my business? Is it a completely online, online business? Like you're running your, you know, your webinars and your courses from it, or is it, you know, I've got a bike shop or a shoe store and I want to drive more business to my, you know, physical location using the web. So all, all the, you know, almost all the hard parts of, of the of a successful website are about getting clear about your audience and your mission and your goals and what you're trying to do. And if you do that first, or if you let whoever you're going to work with, you know, go through a process with you and help you clarify those things, then you're going to have a, a much more successful project. Um, and the other thing I would say is don't, don't buy anything without talking to a professional or getting some consulting. Cause a lot of the people I work with, you know, have, said, Oh, I heard GoDaddy was good. I heard Wix was good. Or, you know, they went out and did something without any, any knowledge and spent money on something. And then that turns out to be a waste. So, yeah. you know, just get some advice is <laughs> the main thing. And on my site, I am constantly putting up new articles. I have a, a best of the blog page with all sort of my WordPress 101 things of things like this to think about, like, what is a domain name and why do you need one and how do you get it? And, you know, what's web hosting and what are the good ones? And so, um, research. Yeah. You have a ton. I was reading through your, your professional blog, um, last night in preparation for talking to you today. And you have so much great information on there that, you know, that people can just take and, and learn. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. And, uh, I'm really into, um, email marketing and automation right now. So a lot of stuff that I'm doing is around that because especially as a, a solo business, I think, um, you know, automation sounds impersonal, but it can actually be very personal. So, um, for instance, you can automate your onboarding so that every person who buys from you gets a welcome message that, you know, if it wasn't automated, you may or may not remember to do that. Right. So you can write a really personalized, you know, welcome message that is, is you, uh, but then set it up to send automatically and, you know, welcome people into your business or thank them for buying a product. Um, so I have, I'm working on a whole sequence of, you know, if someone becomes a client, they get, this letter that tells them, you know, 
thanks for doing that. Here's what happens next. Here's the next thing you should do. Um, and making that process automated so that everybody, you know, gets that personalized attention. It's just is set up in advance. So why do you give away so much information for free? Um, because people need to know one and because people ask me. So I, I feel <laughs> like if someone asks me a question and I can answer with a link to something that I've already written, then I'm winning. Yes. So I only ever want to answer a question <laughs> one time. So I'm getting, it's getting way better. I started seriously, you know, writing articles on a regular basis for my business blog around last July. So it's, um, you know, there's a lot of good stuff on there now. Um, so, you know, I do it for obvious business reasons like SEO and traffic generation and lead generation and stuff like that. But also because, you know, I want to be able to, to help people and say, oh, you have a question about, you know, active campaign, great, read this article. And, um, or you have a question about, you know, which host you should choose, great, go read this article. And, I have gotten to the point where a lot of times when I answer questions, I'm sending out links and, um, it also helps establish, you know, these are the things I'm interested in and good at, and these are the things I can help you with. So even though, even though technically, you know, you might be telling people like step A, B, C, and D how to do it. Most people aren't going to, aren't going to do it or don't want to do it. Like, I mean, you know, technically I know how to weed my yard, but if I can <laughs> I can outsource that. I'm going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I know how to do a lot of things that I don't necessarily want to spend my time doing. Um, And even, you know, I have a dedicated team for uh, doing support for the sites that I build and the people who come on and want, want us to maintain their sites. And as soon as I did that, I immediately put my own sites uh, on that because I'm like, oh yeah, I don't want (laughs) to, I have other things I could be doing too. So, um, so yeah, I tell people how to do things so they know like, yes, I know what I'm doing. And also if you do want to do it yourself, like go for it. That, um, I don't know, hiring someone you can delegate to or hiring a service or automating things so you don't have to do a thing is such a valuable, uh, lesson to learn. I think that, that I think many of us learn the hard way where it's like, well, I can technically do this. And it's like, yeah, but how much, like how much pain and effort and how much money are you losing because you can't do another thing right now? Exactly. Like when you're not focused on your superpower, especially if you're the business owner, you really should be, you know, getting more clients or more customers. That's probably your main job, you know, as a, as a business owner, unless you, you know, unless you hire a salesperson, like, so if your superpower is development, and you can do that really well, then outsource the other things. And if your superpower is, you know, marketing or training or, you know, like just try to spend as much time doing your strength. And there was a great example of that. Uh, do you know the Nextdoor website? The Nextdoor oh, neighborhood? I'm in- intimately familiar with that. I have stories <laughs> so, about that. Yeah, yeah. So for those who might not know, it's basically like Facebook for your neighborhood. You have to prove you live in, in the area. And so someone had posted on there about, uh, I think it was yellow jackets. And she's like, yeah, I watched a YouTube or something about how to get this yellow jacket, um, you know, out of my nest, out of my yard or whatever. But uh, the hundred bucks I paid a guy to come and do it was cheaper than the Zoom care visit from the staff infection <laughs> yes, I got from yep. trying to do it myself. <laughs> and yep. that's just a perfect example of like, yes, you can do it. You know, you can go and update your own website 
if it hasn't been done in two years. But if you get the white screen of death, what's it going to cost you to then be in emergency mode and go try to get someone to fix it, you know, right now? (laughs) Much, much more. So background information for uh, people who are listening is uh, the other day, because I'm subscribed to all things Coranda, um, I got an email in the the title of the email. The subject of the email was 2015 was a bust. Here's what I'm doing next. And I'm like, oh, no. And so I replied to it and I was like, hey, you want to come talk to me about like all of these things that you're up to? Um, so I don't think I don't know. I mean, you know more than I do, but yeah, well, I gave a talk about it already. Um, <laughs> so that's what I do. Um, so in generally speaking, um, when I started the 10 K bootcamp, it worked really well and I got a really huge job. <laughs> so I took that on. It was a company that I really liked. I really liked what they do. Um, and I took that on and there were just, um, a lot of issues around, you know, trying to expand and grow and, um, I knew I was going to have to hire someone to do the back end development, which isn't one of my strengths. And so I did that and I hired, I hired the wrong person to start with. So that was a, that was a very costly mistake. And, um, I ended up, uh, firing that person and going and hiring someone, you know, someone better, someone from my, actually someone from one of my, uh, 10 K communities who was awesome and who rebuilt the whole thing, you know, the whole back end, uh, in like a month and, But it was just, I think overall, without getting into specifics, um, I needed to build more structure into my business to handle that kind of project before actually taking on that kind of project. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in hindsight, I think, you know, that client would have been better off with an agency, um, you know, with in-house people um, to do those kinds of things. And so it was just, you know, it was one of those things where you go in with the best of intentions, um, really wanting to help someone. And, you know, it wasn't, the project got mostly finished and then, and the, and the issues were with, um, transferring over the data from, you know, merging the data from two really, really different systems. Um, and that's where I sort of hit the wall and got out of my depth and had to say, okay, I'm, I'm not the person who can, who can get you out of this. Um, but I know someone who can and, and hook you up with that person. So, but, you know, I spent, uh, most of the year on that project. And so it was very, uh, very demoralizing to, to then have to say like, oh, I can't really get this one to the finish line. And, and that's what really started some of the, the realization of like, okay, what kinds of projects do I want to work on? What kind of businesses do I want to help? Um, what am I really good at? And so, and then also like, I'm, there's a, um, there's a conference called write the docs. It's all about documentation that I've mm-hmm. never been to, but I, I went actually last year. Try to go. Yeah, yeah. And I have really become a huge, huge fan of documentation. I, I keep saying documentation is like a love letter to your future self because, um, it just keeps you from, you know, having to flounder And when it comes time that you want to, you know, even like hiring a virtual assistant, if you have documented processes for the things that you want to hand off to that person, then that's less time you have to spend, you know, figuring that out, training that person, you know, if you write it down and you have them do it, then they can actually improve it while they're, while they're doing it. And so that's one of the things I've been trying to sell um, clients on is, 
you know, hey, if we actually, you know, write the documentation for your website about how it works, how it's built, what, the things that it integrates with, then when you have other employees or contractors who are interacting with it, you don't have to come to me every time <laughs> to mm -hmm. say, how does this work? Um, and so that's a thing I've been focusing on a lot. I could talk a lot about the importance of documentation because that's what I do. <laughs> so I have, I'm passionate about good documentation and how, you know, really in your blog post about this, I was like, yes, she's got it is like, if nothing else, just, just write down the steps because when you need to do it again, and even if you don't think you'll ever have to do a thing again, you will like, it's just, that's just how it is. Even if you yeah. just have an outline, that is documentation. And, you know, that's better than being like, well, um, you know, as an example to bring Justin up again, because I don't know why, but um, he did a thing for for work. Um, they use Infusionsoft for newsletters um, and uh, or maybe it was no, it was a plug in. Yeah, it was a plugin that worked with Infusionsoft that he wrote that he forgot that he wrote to do a specific <laughs> thing. And then they needed that again. And they were like, so how how are you getting this thing to happen? And he was like, I don't know. And he had to go through chat logs from a year ago to figure out what he'd done. Don't be like my <laughs> husband. Do not be Justin. He's amazing in many ways. But this was one of the few times that, that I was just like, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Well, and you know, when you start doing marketing with your website, you are inevitably going to start integrating with those kinds of things, be it, you know, Infusionsoft or MailChimp or what have you. And you're going to do things and, and customize things. And then later on, you're going to be like, what happened here? Mm -hmm. What, how does this even, or, or you, you know, maybe somebody goes away. I had a client who had an employee who got cancer and she lost her right hand who was doing a lot of the, you know, working with customers, you know, customer service, but keep like, you know, and then it's like, well, nobody knows what she does or how she does it. So then you don't, <laughs> then you're, you know, you're crippling yourself. So yeah, it's, it's super important. And yeah, even, even so for all those blog posts you see on my site, I have I have a checklist of this is what needs to happen when a new post gets published. And I think there's like 25 things on it for one blog post every time. <laughs> and it's 25 things you don't have to remember. Exactly. Like even if it's, yeah, even if I'm, and I do it every week or two weeks and I still just bring up the checklist because inevitably I'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot to add click to tweet or whatever. So last year was, you know, um, I guess what heartens me about listening to you talk about last year is that uh, you were able to step back um, and get some distance and think about like use that experience as a lens through which you could figure things out. And I don't think that's something that a lot of people do. Yeah, well, one of the things that helped me considerably was, you know, I know I keep talking about this, but the communities that I'm involved in that are other web entrepreneurs and, you know, when I finally hit the wall and sort of reached out in panic, like, okay, what do I do? Help, you know, a bunch of people stepped up to help me, even just by saying like, yep, been there. Like every single person I talked to was like, oh yeah, this happened to me. 
And, and most of the stories I heard were 10 times worse than what I was going through. So it was good to give me perspective, uh, and know that like, this isn't just, you know, a thing that's happening because I'm a terrible person who should Mm -hmm. never work again. It's actually a thing that happens to everybody who's trying to, you know, get outside their comfort zone and do something new. So it was somewhat comforting and and did allow me to say like, okay, so what are we going to learn for this? What, what needs to change so that it doesn't happen again and all that good stuff. But it's always nice to know, like, it's not just you. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I don't know. I think that there's also, at least for me, there's some comfort in remembering that the fastest way to learn a lesson is to screw up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, true. Oh yeah, that was that was a massive mistake. Um, so what do I need to do to not do that again? Yeah. Well, and there's a reason that my my pinned tweet is what it is. I think it, it and I think it's been retweeted now like fifteen hundred times or something. And you know, it's like try to do good. <laughs> F it up. <laughs> Apologize. Try not to say, make the same mistake again. I think that really sums up like a lot of things in life. Oh, I totally agree. Especially in kind of this, this uh, advocacy space or um, like talking to people because I talk for me, I talk to people who have experiences that are so outside of my life, you know, my lived experiences. And I say things that I have no idea are like, um, you know, like trans misogynistic I've done a couple of times and I'm very fortunate that I have friends who are like, Hey, um, did you know? And I'm like, Oh, sh-. no. Um, and I've learned how to apologize. That's been a really valuable lesson is, you know, like, Hey, I, I totally messed this up and I'm so sorry. And I've learned and I'm not going to do that again. But um, that is really uncomfortable when you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm an advocate and an you know, I've been called an ally to the trans community and I've said these things that I just didn't think. And I'm so sorry. And that yeah, sucks. It's, I think, um, I don't know. I, I have this theory cause I don't really think of myself as a particularly good person. <laughs> so I try to I, be, but it depends. Yeah. So I think not having that, that mental, uh, model, to put, you know, cause I think that's what happens when you, when, you know, somebody does something and you try to tell them like, Hey, I know you probably didn't intend this, but here's what happened. And you know, you screwed up and they immediately go on the defensive. It's like, they're trying to protect their, you know, their ego or their self image mm-hmm. or whatever. And like, I don't, I don't think I'm a particularly nice person. So <laughs> like, I try to be kind and I try to, you know, do good actions. But, um, if I screw it up, I'm like, yeah, well, of course that was going to happen because it was inevitable. Right. So then you gotta, you gotta pick up and move on. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because people, people think I'm nice and it's like, well, I I actually really have to work for it. Like (laughs) I've got a really bad temper. I, I, you know, and, and it's, it's like a conscious act to, like you say, be kind because, um, otherwise. <laughs> yeah. My otherwise. wife has what I call her, um, her nice Midwestern girl exterior. Oh, okay. um, because, and she's from Wisconsin and, and people think she's really nice. I'm like, you have no idea. It's really that she doesn't have any middle ground between nice and super pissed off. 
Oh, that might be me. I end up doing all the, all the middle ground work, you know, if there's like confrontation to be had and we don't want to go to the nuclear option, then then I'll go in and be like, okay, let's try to talk about it. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I think there's way less nice people than, than you would think in the world. And we would just admit it, but then try to do good. (laughs) Well, be okay. And at the end of the day, does it matter if you're nice or not? I read some study about how um, they did a thing where, you know, people who self-described nice people, but then they would tell them to do terrible things. And because they didn't want conflict, they would do them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I would rather someone who is kind and, you know, will stand up for themselves um, than necessarily nice. <laughs> Yep. That's such a nice distinction, though. I mean, honestly, something that I realized a while ago is that my kindness is hard won um, from, you know, years of, I don't know, bullying and, you know, the kinds of stuff that kids deal with. And um, like I made a choice. I could be angry and mean or I could not be. And so I decided like I tried to the angry mean thing and it didn't work so well. So I swung the other direction and it's my life is much more pleasant now than it was before. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to talk to you about one other thing because I saw, uh, I don't know, yesterday or today, um, something about your garden and it's it's almost time to start planting again. Oh, yeah. So Talk to me about gardening in Portland because I I love <laughs> I love walking around Portland because of all the the gardens everywhere. Yeah, it's the urban farming is really big here. We're we're actually sort of low level because we don't have chickens or bees. Um, oh, you gotta step up. But we we moved uh, maybe almost two years ago. So we, and so our yard grew like by five times. Um, so we have this huge huge space to work in now. So we put in, I built a raised bed last summer and uh, I'll, I'll put my Instagram link in the show notes. Cause that's really my Instagram is just food and cats. <laughs> um, so there's tons of gardening safe. So we put in a, I built a four by eight raised bed and we put, you know, we bought like really primo soil and put it in there and <clears throat> I'm married to a Virgo. So we, we had a plan and, you know, figured out which plants like like to be next to each other and which plants don't and made a grid that's like blocked off with string across the box and like, oh, wow. put our stuff. I, yeah, it's, yeah, it's serious. Um, so, so, and you know, because our soil was brand new and it was really good, like everything just was super happy. And we put in two tomato plants and one of them, there's a, there's a picture of Jess that's like standing behind it with her arms raised completely over her head and you can barely see her. We probably should have trimmed that to make it a little better. <laughs> we ended up having to hack off a bunch of it so it wouldn't fall over. Uh, yeah. Um, but we had like just months and months of cherry tomatoes. I think we were eating cherry tomatoes like until November. Um, but yeah, that was really great. And then we did uh, squash because we have a little strip between our deck and the grass. Um, so we put squash in there. And we had like these amazing zucchini. And we just last night ate the last delicata squash from last year. We had like 25 squash or something. Um, so it was, yeah, we ate really well last year. And so, yeah, so this year I just built three more raised beds. Two of them are going to get raspberries, two, two different varieties of raspberries. 
Uh, one of them will get blueberries. Um, Jess just spent yesterday planting three other blueberry bushes in the front of the house because they're pretty and tasty. Uh, and then she's using straw bales and she's going to put uh, the tomato plant and strawberries and grow them in the straw bales. Oh, I hadn't heard of that. Yeah. I'm basically living with a homesteading farmer. You are. So <laughs> it's it's super interesting to me because I grew up in the country. Like I grew up in a town of 600 people. My grandfather was a farmer. They had, you know, they had an acre of land in their house and to either side they had fields where they would plant you know, strawberries and squash and cabbage and like all this stuff. And I have no clue. Like I just, especially now that I live in the desert, I'm like, I don't, people do that here. I have no idea how. Uh, and, and so do you have any kind of family history or is it just like Jess, Jess is really into it and you're. She's really, she likes vegetables more than anyone I've ever met. And she's just really into it. And my, I don't really have a family history. My dad lives uh, about a mile and a half from us and he, um, you know, he grows a lot of stuff. He, he dropped like a box of mustard greens on my doorstep last fall, which was great. Um, but I don't, we didn't really do that when I was a kid. So it's really just a, uh, it's really all sort of Jess is the catalyst for that, but it's great because even when I complain about, you know, the work, cause we're about to spend the entire weekend, um, the garden. you know, doing, doing think garden things, but then the results are so amazing. So I can't complain. Uh, my friend Eva, you know, Eva, actually, um, she was in the Ascend Project. Uh, oh, yeah. Or Also in Portland, uh, she might give Jess a run for her money on veggies, but... Um, oh, I'm sure there are a lot of people who, yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, I'm just not, I need to be a veggie person, honestly. We've, well, and I have an apocalypse list, so it's like a, basically sort of a mental map of all my friends who have bigger gardens than we do, <laughs> so that when <clears throat> the apocalypse comes, you know, or they have bees or they have, you know, you just, I just have like it mapped out in my head, like who, who are we going to go to when, when the shit's the fan for real? And <laughs> You got to have a plan. You gotta exactly. Complain. So one last question um, has, uh, and I don't know why I'm so interested in talking about gardening, but um, have you found yourself increasing your veggie intake? Like do the veggies taste better if you're the one who's grown oh, them? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No question. Like, in fact, we had um, raspberries at our old house and it's one of the, it's, it's one of the only things we miss. Um, you know, we moved mostly to get a bigger kitchen, but um, leaving those raspberries at the old house was, was painful. And so it's going to be, you know, probably a year or two before we really get the kind of pulse that we were getting with this new, new batch. But I don't think Jess can even eat a store-bought raspberry at this point. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it absolutely tastes amazing and um and also one of our favorite games is to go to either the grocery store or the farmer's market and quote me the prices of the things that we have in our yard <laughs> <laughs> so i mean we're probably not actually saving money with all the, the water and the materials and the soil and the whatever but but yeah it's I mean, and especially with herbs, like to be able to go out and like, be like, oh yeah, we need chives and walk out the door and grab some or oregano or thyme or, or what, you know, tomatoes or, mm -hmm. you know, to have like tomatoes and basil and be able to have an, an awesome salad, just like 
that you go and pick is never gets old. Maybe someday, maybe when we move to Portland, I will <laughs> come visit. <I> will <laughs> take some tips from you because uh, like, I like the idea, but I just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can start small. You can just get like a little container and, you know, I thought about doing like a little herb garden. Um, oh yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe YouTube. Maybe you don't need to know anything because you have YouTube. <laughs> That's true. Herb gardens in Phoenix. We'll see. There um, you go. So we've talked about a lot. Was there anything else that you wanted to address today? Um, the only other thing was that, um, and I just, uh, I just had this thought a mm-hmm. couple of days ago, is that uh, once we hit our goal with the fundraiser, I really want to offer scholarships. So I know a lot of people, you know, websites are really expensive and, um, you know, there's a reason for that, but also like, I really want to make this accessible to, you know, people who are just starting out. Um, and so every $500 over our funding goal, uh, I'm going to give a scholarship and basically, um, you know, find, find people who really need this and really want it want it and just can't afford it and, and, um, get them into the class. I love that so much. Yeah. So definitely people, please go donate if you can, because you know, we need more people doing their own thing. I think. Yeah. It's, I mean, even when it's stressful, I'm still happier. Like I can just, on my worst day, I can just think, well, I could still be at that job that shall not be named. And Mm -hmm. then I'm like, no, no, this is still better. Yeah. (laughs) So, and even if you don't, you know, if you're just doing something on the side, like it can still be, you know, life-changing. And um, so I just, I want more people to be able to access that. Yeah, I agree. I just, never mind. Political. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just wish my taxes weren't higher for being self-employed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Karan, how can people find you online? Oh, gosh. Well, all the places. The easiest, <laughs> the easiest way would be just to Google even just my first name. That's <laughs> so true. You can find out anything you want to know. But uh, if you want to go direct, you can find me at CarvelDigital.com, like Marvel, but with a K in the front. Um, you can find me at Caronda.com. You can find me on Twitter at Carvel Digital or at Caronda. Um, those, are, those are probably the main so I'll throw up my Instagram for the show links. Okay. And you can find the show on Twitter at less than or equal. If you have feedback, suggestions for guests, or would like to be a guest, please go to relay.fm slash LTOE forward slash LTOE and fill out the contact form. If you have a few minutes, it would be amazing if you could leave a review or a star rating on iTunes. Um, it helps people find the show and it helps them know it's a good show. So I'd appreciate that. We've had a couple of reviews come in in the last few weeks and that's been really fun to see. Thanks for listening. Until next time on an internet near you, I'm Aline Sims for Less Than or Equal.